Hey, welcome back to Action Action, episode 141. This week on the podcast, we watch 1987's Running Man. Sorry, The Running Man. Get it right, Jesus. Ugh. Jesus Christ. Fail. <laughs> Roll the trailer. Wait, that's more. Whoa, wait, whoa. <laughs> Skip to the trailer. That's <laughs> too embarrassing. Hey, guys, what's up? I'm John. This is Dustin. <laughs> Hello. And this is James. Hey, guys. Uh, so. <laughs> you always got a good day. Uh... Get a good hello. This week we watched The Running Man. Uh, but before we get into that, is there anything you guys want to say that you watched that you liked? Preferably something you didn't like? Uh, yeah, I watched um, Umbrella Academy. Finished Umbrella Academy and then uh, obviously finished Perry Mason. That's all I had time for. Cool. What did you think of The Umbrella Academy? Uh, it was good and then it kind of slowed a little bit. And then at the end I'm like, yeah, okay, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know how to, like, at the end, after it was over, then I start thinking about it, and I'm like, it just, it ends almost the same way that the last season end. Oh, yeah. Where they all, you know, travel in time. Spoilers. So, it's kind of what happens, though, in the comics, from what I remember. it's They're kind of always in flux. Yeah. Does it say pretty, or you have, I haven't have you watched, watched it yet? yet? I mean, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of, like stuff through different time zones and like having to do with their father and mm-hmm. like so it's i i think that and i'm definitely not the comic book person on this podcast but this to me is what like got me more into comics like this style of comic book writing this like image style like right. it not i don't think this is actually image i think this is actually dc comic uh actually i think it's a dark horse dark uh, horse that's comic, it yeah but like it's that where creators are just making up their own whole world their whole whole thing right they're not right. They're and they're not, not they're not one of the major uh, superhero and they don't necessarily have to follow that normal like superhero logic that most comic books did more like what alan moore was doing and stuff like that or you know yeah kind of using traditional superhero stuff as a jumping off point but then taking it in different directions yeah right? yeah i kind of wish the character development would just happen a little more like I thought you were going to say, I wish the character development would just stop. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just, I feel like they're the exact same character and there's like no development for so long. And then there's like just the smallest little bit of development. Mm -hmm. And yeah, anyways, without like explaining everything that happens, it's kind of hard to talk about It's kind of something interesting though, like that you're saying that because I read a headline that said that the, like the way that TV, like TV shows are in the streaming era are working now is that they're dealing with like three to four seasons. Like that's what they have to work with now. Oh, right. Right. And well, especially Netflix, right? Like yeah. they seem to have a thing where you're capped at well, it feels like three a, seasons or yeah, something. It feels like there's some fucking algorithm running it. It's like Disney. Maybe friend of the, the show, day. Dan is just like hooked up to a computer and he's running it. <laughs> well, I, what I heard about now with Netflix and these like three season, four season kind of things and they can't like, they just canceled that Sabrina, the teenage witch thing. After two seasons or something. Wasn't two, it? I think, it, I think they have a third coming out and then it's done, but they didn't plan for it to be done. So it's not like it was written to finish. And I think it's a, a business decision from what I understand where, yeah. So it doesn't matter if the show's successful or not. Um, after three seasons, the contracts will be renegotiated. And so then rather than pay the actors more money, the directors, whatever, everyone working on the show, they just cancel it and move on to the next. And I think this is, it's, you can't keep going like this. Yeah. I mean, it'd be one thing if we, if ahead of time shows knew that's what they were working with and then they could adjust and plan for that. It could be more like 
British TV in a sense where you only have a few seasons of a show and you could and that would be fine because then you could if you could write something where you knew this is where we're going and this is how we're gonna get there yeah but if you don't know and then the show just ends and now you've got a bunch of people that are like oh I was really into that show and yeah now it's just over that's the big problem is that like if you're gonna write a show for three to four seasons and then have it wrap up that makes sense but if, if it's just gonna end on a cliffhanger like they haven't officially come out and been like, this is the model yeah, of what we're that's doing. That's what it feels like though. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then yeah, Perry Mason. Okay. Don't tell me Perry Mason. Cause I haven't watched the last two. I want to talk about Perry Mason. I haven't watched the last two episodes yet. Oh really? Well, I'm going to talk I was about out of per- town. So I'm going to talk about Perry Mason. Cause that's going to be one of the things that I watched. Okay. And, uh, I was listening to the watch podcast and I never listened to it. You, you think you turned me on to it. The watch podcast. The watch. No, I don't know. Okay. Well, so it's a podcast. I listened to it. Is it about cops? No, it's a, it's a guy, it's it's a TV podcast pretty much, right? I think it's from The Ringer. They talk about Perry Mason. So um, not to give anything away, but what happens in it, um, they really liked it. Mm-hmm. And I, I really liked it too. Mm-hmm. And I understand that a lot of people would not like how the show ends. But the way I look at this this first season, and we'll get more into it when you finish it, Dustin, is... I see this first season as being what a lot of shows, like modern shows would do as, or not modern shows, a lot of shows like throughout history have done as a first episode. Right. They did in a first, in a season. Yeah, I can totally see that. So like they took the, what, what we, it's the setup. It's the setup. They took it, they took, and, and they talk about it much more eloquently than I am, but they, they almost say like, it takes like this huge guts to be like, no. There's going to be a second season. We're making this entire season as a setup for what's going to happen next season. Yeah. And I, like how it never happens. Like the, the shows don't ever do that. Yeah. I mean, just that has, that has pros and cons, right? I mean, just at the end when they have the, the credits rolling and you get the music. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Spoiler oh. alert. <laughs> Sorry, it's, Dustin. It's, it, uh, it's it, like, that's what you've been waiting You for. have no idea what's going to happen. Like, it's, it's still going in, in, especially since you've had two episodes left to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's, That's a lot. There's a it's lot tough. of stuff that happens in those two episodes. Um, there's a lot of stuff that happens at the end of the first episode like uh, sorry of the the last episode mm-hmm. like after you think it's over yeah things still continue to happen yeah but um yeah like I I think I I really I really liked it mm-hmm. I liked it because it it set up a lot of stuff that I thought was going to happen I thought it was going to happen earlier in the season and then it kind of just like would play out traditionally mm-hmm. but instead they're like no we're going to save it till the very end and all right now then now the table's set yeah. And now we're going to get into like this, a procedural type of like, they compare it to like, um, like a, like a procedural meets uh true detective. Right. Right. Yeah. Like it's kind of like this, there's stuff going on or whatever, but you know, I liked it. The other thing I, I did is I read a book called, uh, uh, so you've been publicly shamed by John Ronson. Oh, I've heard of this book. Yeah. It's really good. This I, ain't a book podcast. <laughs> I liked it. Get out of here with your learning and shit. <laughs> I think it's a really good book that, I mean, that it's, it's pretty. What's uh, it about? 
it explores well i'm i'm looking at the book it, it explores the uh, the re- the reemergence of public shaming oh um, cancel culture kind of this is t- this, this is from 5 years ago though so i don't know what it is right he, now he knew, he knew it was coming up but i i've been hearing like so much stuff they're doing all this reporting like different podcasts i listen to they're talking about cancel culture and it's just like all of a sudden this week oh, everyone's really? doing cancel culture well, i don't really get so it's a really big thing that's happening in Vancouver right now, like in like the coffee scene, like the, right. like the independent coffee scene. It happened uh, a brewery, mm-hmm. um, but then this. Oh yeah, I heard a little bit about this. Talks more about um, like just individuals who who have been canceled um, yeah. because they made a joke or something they said was taken to con like whatever right like mm-hmm. uh, they talk about one guy who was a part who was in a small town and he was a minister and um the it, he was a priest yeah he was a minister and uh, he got busted in a um prostitution ring and like what happened and like being canceled and like they don't use cancel culture as much in this but they, yeah it wouldn't they, have been really a term, it's, terminology it's public yet, shaming right? they call it right public shaming um but yeah, I don't know. I, so I thought it was sounds like a book for our times. I really like John Ronson a lot. He's really, really what, great. Uh, what else? What is he just? He writes other books. I've never actually heard of him. I just have heard of the book. Yeah. So he wrote um, the Men Who Stare at Goats. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He also wrote the Psychopath Test. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I've, I've heard of all these things. <laughs> yeah, and he wrote Frank. Uh, the. The movie. Oh, they made that movie with uh, Frank Langella. Is that who was in that? No, no. no uh, Michael Fassbender? Michael Fassbender. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking of a different robot movie. Yeah, <laughs> the, he's he's kind of just like in. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. He does a lot, and he I've heard him in podcasts and yeah. Uh, I quite really liked Frank, as I recall, where he wears that weird like mask thing over his yeah. face the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the I should say the name of the podcast uh, is called the Butterfly Effect. The show focuses on internet pornography and Fabian Thimmen and Pornhub's effects on the industry. Ronson subsequent also uh, hosted. Oh yeah, the Last Days of August is what it's called. That's it. It's called the Last Days of August. It came out uh, last year. Um, it talks about the death of uh, an actress named August Ames, um, and uh, yeah, what led to her committing suicide. And, the tragedy that that was yeah so it was i don't know it was a good book it sounds a little heavy but it, he does it in a great way he's also in a whole bunch of episodes of this american life oh, okay so cool you probably heard from there but dustin well i didn't watch a whole lot i was out of town for a lot of the time since we last recorded but i did watch a couple of documentaries i watched uh 7852 which is a documentary uh about the stabbing shower scene in Psycho um, and how many cuts there are in it and how that whole sequence was shot. Um, So, yeah, there's like 78 different shots in that one sequence. uh, Yeah, I can see it in my head. That's um, that scene, and it is a lot of cuts. Yeah, especially at the time, too, because you couldn't show very much, so the way that he uses those cuts to make you think you're seeing more than you actually are seeing. Hmm. Uh, so that's pretty interesting and just has interviews with different filmmakers and, you know, all kinds of different people about it. But, um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, if you know, if you're a Hitchcock fan, definitely should check that out. 
And then I watched another documentary called The Decline of Western Civilization, which is that uh, Penelope Spheris. Uh, I actually brought it up when I was talking about her punk movie, Suburbia, that I watched a little while ago. This was the document, or the first documentary she did uh, about the punk scene in L.A. in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, so it features like some sets from different bands like the germs and fear and, um, MXPX. black flag and stuff and circle jerks. MXPX. Yeah, MXPX. <laughs> yeah. Rancid is in there. No, uh, no use for uh, a name. <laughs> I like no use for a name. I don't shit on A little, little bit older, older school, uh, X, you know, these kind of bands. Uh, it's really good actually. I mean, it's funny to watch because she doesn't really, she's really good at asking questions and stuff, which you just hear her voice off camera. But it's funny to watch just because like you can kind of just take it however you want. You can watch it and be like, oh, that that was something kind of deep that that person just said. Or these people are like total idiots. <laughs> They're just like, you know, young, stupid gutter punks living in a in crappy houses together and then, you know, getting fucked up. And mm-hmm. um, but then, you know, then it shows some performances like playing and stuff and just interviews with the people who go to the shows and just, um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to watch. It's very raw, but, um, it's, it's definitely cringy at times, but like not in a way where it's like, I, you know, I feel like she was very aware of like how some of these people would come off. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen the HBO documentary punk? No, I don't think so. Okay. It's like a multi-part four part, like epic, documentary on yeah. punk um i've only caught two of them but it's it's pretty good i really i really liked it a lot like it's just kind of like chronicles like punk like as it progressed through and like the sex pistols like going through the states and like just yeah i don't know it's something you probably would like like i would probably want to check that out at some point yeah so yeah anyway it was it's really good uh, especially if you're interested in that kind of thing she went on to do a couple more of them like the next one was about like heavy metal bands in the 80s and stuff late 80s and then i think it, i think that i think she did one more kind of punk one and later but um yeah it's good yeah, but probably only if you're interested in that yeah. in that stuff that scene mm-hmm. cool all right well if you're into watching punk documentaries uh check out what's it called uh, the decline of Western civilization. Yeah, if you're an MXPX fan, you're gonna love that. <laughs> um, if you're a Stephen King fan, some forty-one, you're gonna love to watch uh, the Running Man, which is the movie that we watched this week. And let's roll the trailer. In the year 2017, an innocent man accused of a crime has a choice: hard time or prime time. Sensational, perfect contestant. I want him. He must pay. Or play the running man. On your mark! I'll be back. Go! The highest rated TV show in history. Guess they want us to stay. It's a game between life and death. Schwarzenegger is the running man. 
he's playing for a prize. The prize is his life. How about the life? The Running Man. So, James, this is your pick. Mm-hmm. Tell me what The Running Man is about and if you've ever seen it before. Uh, so, I have seen it before, and it's about... In a dystopian America, a falsely convicted policeman gets his shot at freedom when he must forcibly participate in a TV game show where convicts runners must battle killers for their freedom. That's kind of not the best explanation. But. You know, it kind of gets the point across, though. Well, what are they called? What are the, the stalkers? Stalkers. Right? Fucking stalkers. Stalkers. Stalkers rule. Yeah. Mm, runners drill. <laughs> yeah, so this is a 1987 film directed by Paul Michael Glasser. Do you know anything about him? Uh, he mostly did TV stuff. Uh, his next movie after this one was The Cutting Edge, that romantic oh, ice yeah. skating movie. I remember always seeing that in the at the video store when I was a kid, and, yeah. and never being never, like, never wanting to rent uh, it. <laughs> I'm good. I don't need to rent that ice skating film. No, I'm, I'm good. Think I'm all right. I'm good. Yeah, mostly TV stuff, which apparently was a bit of a point of contention when he was hired because Schwarzenegger didn't trust him to make a good film. Well, the guy did do mm. four years of Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, and he did some Miami Vice. He also directed stuff. Fiddler on the Roof, though. Oh, really? I didn't care. Or was it like a made for oh, TV? Oh, no, that's Norman Jewison. Yes, I was going to say. <laughs> was this a made for TV version or something? No, he must have been a part of it or something. I don't fucking know. Running Man. Let's so, get, Running let's Man. Get running. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, friend of the show, um, Ryan Enns, he, uh, he posted something on Running Man. He was watching like a double feature, Running Man, and I think Last Action Hero. Oh, yeah. So, I'm like, Running Man? Yeah, I haven't seen that in a long time. Um, I actually thought it was better. <laughs> oh, in your mind it was in, better? In, in my mind it was better. Okay. I mean, it does have a lot of the things you need for like a classic 80s movie. Yeah. But it almost goes like too cheesy in some ways. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, you didn't you didn't take uh Sub-Zero and no, no, Dynamo seriously? I, I love all that stuff. Yeah. I laugh pretty hard when it shows the shot of him in the helicopter. <laughs> like that alone where they have the background and that helicopter is like the size of a living room, like just the cab of it. Like it's huge. It's a huge helicopter. And the way it's all shot, it's just, I just found it hilarious. Well, that's pretty much the start of the movie, right? Yeah, like that's he's, the start. He's flying a helicopter mission and then he's ordered to like open fire on uh, a bunch of rioters who are riding. There's like food strikes cause they don't have enough yeah. food and stuff dystopian future movie if you haven't seen it yeah um and then you know he i thought that was a funny scene too because but, but i thought it was funny because of the dialogue where it's like they're like open fire on this crowd he's like, he's like no i'm not gonna do that yeah he's just like freaks they're, out and he's sent civilians they just want food but i'm like he's been a cop but with these bad guys presumably for some time and this is the first opportunity he's been like you know what fuck this uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like up till now, he was with the program. I guess he was he was just a pilot, so he just didn't do like I don't understand. But they ask him to open fire. I know that's yeah. what I don't get. Yeah, it doesn't make you can't think about that. I didn't think about that because <laughs> like I I think that this movie is like cheesy and stuff like that. But I was talking at work about it today, and I was like, I really dug it for like I think it was like that perfect level of 
like self-awareness and like over the top. I mean, I think that um, uh, Jesse Ventura and Richard Dawson bring so much. Richard Dawson is fucking yeah, great in this. They bring so much to this. Richard Dawson is fantastic. You look pissed, Ben. Believe me, you got every right to be. But hey, will you will you just let me explain? This is television. That's all it is. Uh, it's nothing to do with people. It's to do with the ratings. For 50 years, we've told them what to eat, what to drink, what to wear. For Christ's sake, Ben, don't you understand? Americans love television. They wean their kids on it. Listen, they love game shows. They love wrestling. They love sports and violence. So what do we do? We give them what they want. We're number one, Ben. That's all that counts. Believe me, I've been in the business 30 years. Well, I haven't been in show business as long as you have, Killian. But I'm a quick learner. So I'm going to give the audience what I think they want. You bastard! Drop dead! I don't do requests. I mean, how? I mean, he's so good. I mean, obviously, he doesn't have to necessarily stretch a lot to play this role because he's a game show host playing a game show host. But but it's actually kind of ballsy for him to do this. Yeah, because he comes like he's he's the bad guy. He's the scumbag. Yeah. And yeah, he's like totally nailing this role. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that stuff is pretty hilarious. Like all his interaction with the crowd where they have like the, you know, what they do in a game show. We're like, all right, who are you going to pick? And, you know, here, here's lady, all your prizes. Yeah. And <laughs> I like when the old lady stands up. Which one? He doesn't need to interview well, the like old, three. The, the old lady ones. who's like, I'm betting on Ben. Right, yeah, she's. He's like, who? Which which stalker are you gonna? Yeah, vote's gonna do get the next kill. Or, yeah. She's like, Ben Richards is gonna get the next kill. I can pick anyone I choose, and I choose Ben Richards. Richards. That boy's one mean motherfucker. Doesn't she like say the? Doesn't she say fuck somewhere? One of the old ladies that he interviews yeah. does. She's like something about. Oh, fuck! What does she say? She says something about. Yeah, kill that motherfucker or yeah. something like that. <laughs> oh, it's is it when he's gonna stab Dynamo when he's flipped his car, and then he, Schwarzenegger's like, "I won't kill you when you're, you know, yeah, trapped or whatever." And uh, all the crowd like turns on the show at that point. They're like, "Kill him!" <laughs> they're just out for blood, obviously. Yeah, and this isn't anything that's new. Like they're not. They're not. This is this is what it's it's always this not dystopian future, but we've seen this kind of satirical yeah. take on society, right? A future society. Yeah, I mean, and we've seen this in minor points between 1987 and now. We've seen this with bum bum fights. You know. This, oh, you mean like in real life? The, like in know. real life, we've actually seen like this kind of stuff like pop up, right? Sure, fear factor, fear factor. But we've also seen it with like some of our sports we've seen this with like um ufc ufc mm-hmm. and 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 a lot of shit that happens in like japan and stuff like that wwe well <laughs> more like <laughs> just what's the what's 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 the no rest like the wrestling with like just like stri- when we were kids james we our uncle john he had like those wrestling tapes and it was like barbed wire wrestling right. and, and like all the hardcore yeah. shit all that hardcore shit like we've seen these things of like people yeah. people have this like lust yeah this bloodlust like mm-hmm. it's just totally natural mm-hmm. um how far we take it as a society is completely and we've also seen specifically this theme 
in other movies too. Oh yeah. I mean, we, Hard Target is like this. Yeah. Battle Royale, which we've done both of those on this show. Cyborg. Um, you know, Hunger Games. <laughs> Cyborg. You're <laughs> just gonna fit Cyborg in there yeah. somehow. Oh, definitely. <laughs> but like, the man is the most dangerous game. Oh, well, idea, Guns right? Akimbo is probably yeah. like the Guns Akimbo is like the. That. I don't know if there's really a debate about if we're going to get to this point. Um, we're there. <laughs> we're we're <laughs> obviously we're obviously prescient. not there. Well, this took place in 2017. Yeah, so this has yeah. already happened. So this already and they've got yeah. the they've got Thanks the Obama. they've got the like <laughs> Was that Obama? They've got the, yeah. the fake like the deep fake uh, technology. Yeah, actually, that's kind of a funny where thing. they like replace him to yeah. make yeah. it look like he so, gets killed at one point. So pretty much the way that that Schwarzenegger Ben Richards ends up in this is because he disobeys the orders and mm-hmm. they do a deep fake of him which isn't they don't actually do a deep that fake. part All, isn't deep fake that part is just cut yeah, so that they, it looks like he murders everybody yeah, they, but what that they do fight is, they have the fight with he has later with Jesse Ventura is, is deep yeah. fake so what they do is they do this thing where they just overdub footage of uh, Ben Richards not murdering crowds of hungry people and they just overdub it with like uh him disobeying what the orders are. The orders are different. I think it's funny too that the news footage is just actually the footage that we've watched in the movie. Yeah. Like they've got angles inside yeah. the helicopter. Yeah, that's so awesome. And on the outside, they should have got an angle of the guns firing. No, yeah. but they have like these like actual like really intricate like, ang- yeah, like why would there be a camera there? Yeah. Um, But yeah, he pretty much ends up in this like this game show run by. Well, first he goes to that prison camp. Yeah, thing. we. Would you get to see him with an awesome beard? Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. You know what? I was like, why didn't he rock this beard for the whole movie? Uh, or, or more movies. Like, he looks he looks awesome with the I beard. I think he looks awesome. I think he's actually great in this entire movie. I think this is, like, the perfect amount of work he should put into a film <laughs> at this point in his career. Like, I think that he's actually, like, he's like, it's not too much. It's not too little. It's like, he's just... <laughs> There well, enough. He's just himself. Yeah, he's got I, some gray lines. I do like his outfit that he was wearing, like between the him breaking out of that oh, prison. Yeah. yeah, it was just he had that weird construction helmet that was like he, flat on the he, top. Yeah, it's it just interesting choices. Future construction helmet. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but then he's in jail, and he teams up with Yafit Kato and the nerdy guy to escape. Yeah, um, you get that great uh, head explosion when the one guy. Runs outside of the. They have those like things on their neck, you know, the sensors. Yeah, that's the in collars. Battle, that's in the collars, like from Battle Royale, Battle Royale as well. Yeah. Right? But it's also in that movie that came out last year about. Yeah, the hunt. The hunt. Yeah. Do we ever talk about was, that movie on this, this podcast? Uh, we we yeah. talked about it, but we didn't actually review it. But um, so I I appreciated that head explosion. That was that was yeah. fun. <laughs> uh, and then once he gets out, he goes to what he thinks is his brother's apartment, and. Uh, that's where he meets uh, Maria Conchita Alonso. Uh, and uh, he takes her, you know, this is the second Schwarzenegger movie we've watched where he's the good guy and he kidnaps a woman. <laughs> yeah. Because Commando, he does the same thing, right? Yeah. And then she ends up helping him. Yes. Same thing yeah, in Commando. Thing, both things. Although in this one, she first tries to like, well, first she gets him sent to the game show, right? Yeah. Um, that whole sequence where they're trying to get <laughs> on the plane. He's got the Hawaiian shirt on and she's like, I'm going to puke on your shirt. And he's like, yeah. it won't show up on this shirt anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this, this is a funny one. Cause there's like a lot of funny lines, but then there's some ones that are just so brutally bad throughout this movie Yeah, that, that they're almost like good again. <laughs> I mean, a lot of his lines 
like with regards to the stalkers. Yeah. Um, it just reminds me of Batman and Robin. Yeah. Like <laughs> it makes me want to go and now watch Batman and Robin. What killed the dinosaurs? Oh, we're going to watch Batman and Robin. <laughs> oh, it's coming up this Christmas. <laughs> this Christmas. Uh, yeah. So yeah, there's that one line when he first, the, the first stalker that chases them is Sub-Zero. And <laughs> that part is just hilarious. Uh, yeah. He comes out in like full hockey goalie yeah. gear and he's got like a big goalie stick that is like a blade. Quit scarier than a hockey player, man. <laughs> yeah. Professor uh, Professor Sub-Zero, as they call him. So that guy was a pro wrestler back in the day. Oh, yeah. He used to be a WWF wrestler. Um, I think he used to team up with Mr. Fuji and stuff. But Then you get uh, that line. Gillian, yeah. here's your Sub-Zero. Now, Plain Zero. Hey, Gillian! Here is Sub-Zero. Now, Plain Zero. What? <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Ba-boom. I mean, Sub-Zero is already like less than zero and he's like, yeah, he's just plain zero now. He's not Sub-Zero. He's I mean, plain. They, they should have taken another couple runs at, the, at that joke. Ah, whatever. There's so many lines, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of lines. Uh, the Another good one when after he's killed Buzzsaw and she's like, what happened to Buzzsaw? He's like, he had to split. Yeah. Because <laughs> he makes his own chainsaw go up his crotch. Yeah. He's got a pain uh, in the neck. Who is that? That's oh, a different guy. I might have, might have also been Buzzsaw. He was a pain in the neck. Oh, no, that was Sub-Zero. Because he wraps that barbed right. wire shit around his neck. <laughs> so good. You got two lines in on that yeah. one guy. See, I wish there was just more stuff with the stalkers. Yeah, the stalkers are like definitely one of the most fun parts of the movie. I mean, the whole concept of the game and they get sent on those contraptions down that yeah, tunnel. Yeah, down the tubes. Yeah. And then I guess they have, it's like four city blocks. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like say. the game show area. Four square blocks. Four yeah. square blocks. So, so can I propose to you guys what I think would have made this movie go from not bad from sub zero <laughs> to which would which I think this would have been a natural fit for this film. And I think it would have pushed it up into possibly our top 20 is if John Carpenter directed this. Oh shit. Yeah. You guess you do get a bit of like escape from New York vibes at times. I, yeah, I feel like this would be an amazing John Carpenter film. Yeah. Like no, with, that's yeah, a, that's it probably a good would call. be with the weird characters and like this, like it's, it's like this. It's like a commentary on or or alternatively, was, yes. Verhoeven. I was gonna say. Total as soon recall. as you said or, I was like, I know where this guy's going. <laughs> but like, can you imagine if one of those guys made this film? Like, it would have been. Yeah, that would have been next level. Next level. It would have been amazing. Because as it is, I think this is a fun movie, but it's definitely not the top tier of Schwarzenegger. Like, you no. got you got this for the two Terminators, Commando, yeah. Predator. That's like the top, and total maybe Total Recall too. And then this this is a fun one, but it's like definitely Total it's definitely second second tier. I say Total Recall is definitely in his like top top tier. Yeah, I love Total Recall. Top 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 top. top. But I, <laughs> but imagine if like yeah like Verhoeven directed this. Yeah, Verhoeven or Carpenter. Or that's Carpenter. A, that's a good call. Man. I know Carpenter. I got I got some really serious Carpenter vibes from it, but 
like stupid carpenter. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like dumb carpenter. Like ca- carpenter's like cousin. <laughs> I'm related to John Carpenter. I can direct this movie. Here's here's sixty million dollars. Well, you know who almost direct, who started directing this movie was uh, Andrew Davis, our friend that directed uh, Above the Law that we I would have actually we watched I, not that long I'd ago. Oh, really? I would have been into that too. So I guess he shot. Um, you imagine Seagal in this? Oh, Seagal! Jesus. So he was <laughs> he shot for like. I don't know, a week or two or something and was like already $8 million over budget. So he was fired off the movie. Wow. Almost also almost directed this movie was George P. Cosmatos. Oh, wow. Supposed director of Tombstone and Cobra Rambo two. So then we would have actually um, had Schwarzenegger's first directorial debut. Yeah, if right. If it was this. George P. Cosmatos. Or Stallone. Well, and Cosmatos <laughs> wanted to set the whole thing in a shopping mall. So then that's actually the producers were like, nah, that's a really cool idea. That's a cool idea. Yeah. That's actually more of actually that is more of what a carpenter. Well, well, uh, Romero would have been like a Dawn of the Dead, right? Yeah. But like also just more of a commentary on the consumer culture and like, and that's where this movie kind of falls apart where it's trying to be make a commentary and it's trying to be funny and like, it's got some funny and astute things to say, but it's, it kind of gets a little muddled by the end. It's not com- the the person the people making it aren't confident or competent enough to actually pull off like their critique. Well, it's the screenplay is Stephen D. D'Souza who we, we uh, he did Commando and mm-hmm. wrote Die Hard, so he's solid uh, script writer. But I do feel like he probably needed to take another couple passes at this thing just to sharpen it up. Or I mean, we've I've watched a bunch of stuff about people who like write a screenplay and then. N- everything gets fucking blown up. Right. Yeah. Once the director gets in there, producers and they, they want you to do certain things. So it's hard to always say like from the, from the page to the screen, what the differences might've been, but, um, there's enough clever stuff there that you're like, this could, this is almost something really good. Like, yeah, I don't, I just don't know what it's missing really. Like it, it does, it does feel like it's almost there. Yeah. But there's just something, I just think that it's 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 missing a that extra bit of like um I don't know violence imagery but like in a done in a stylish way. There's not a lot of style to this film. Not to the action for sure. Yeah. Cuz I feel like they do a pretty good job with like the the world building stuff, the over the top um characters and especially the stalkers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh the world that they're in, all that stuff feels pretty fun and good. Yeah. Um but then the action itself is just kind of like, eh. and, and it's, and it's not like, um, it doesn't compensate it by, for it by being like super gory or something like that, that right. would like make it more entertaining in that sense, at least. So the action is just kind of very, well, it's almost very TV action. Like it feels, it's staged in a way that feels like more like television to me. Yeah. I mean, in all the scenes, um, the action scenes, Arnold almost like one punches everyone like in a sense. So like there's all these stalkers and he like dodges an, uh, chainsaw or, you know, a hockey stick. And then he just like grabs a barbed wire and chokes him or, you know, it's, it's a kind of short conversation. It's very, very short. And he has a bit of a struggle with buzzsaw, but it's not like very much more than anything else. Not really. 
and then you got Fireball, who's uh, Jim Brown, former football player. Uh, and he has to, like, so some of these guys, once he's like starting to kill off these stalkers, these other guys are having to come out of retirement, basically, these old stalkers yeah. from previous seasons or whatever. Uh, and so they send in Fireball with his like flamethrower. Uh, I mean, all this stuff is fun, but it just, it could be better. Like, it, it could, could be, be better more exciting this action is action bits and that's what i mean like i just feel like there should be more of that i don't i don't know if you like the whole storyline with the resistance right is, when we've seen that that trope in so many of these movies too right like demolition demolition man, man that's like the first one that comes to mind it's just it's so like blah like it's not yeah, really it's exciting pretty, that stuff's pretty flat i mean it would have been I would have liked to have seen Yafit Kato live because he's a better actor than all the other people that are in that resistance movement. And then the resi- the leader guy is the drummer from Fleetwood Mac is the fucking leader of the resistance in this movie. And then his like right-hand man is uh, Dweezil Zappa, Frank oh, Zappa's I, son. I saw that. Weird. <laughs> so it's just kind of weird. Like, I don't know why they're in this movie. Um, Somebody owed Frank a favor. <laughs> But yeah, I agree. All that resistance part just feels like, I mean, you, I don't know what you need, like something there so that it's like they can take over the tower and then broadcast the true, uh, you know, images of his helicopter attack. Well, that's what they kind of do. But they could, they could have built like a resistance inside. Like she could have, um, sorry, I shouldn't say she, um, uh, Amber, Amber, Amber could have like worked for the production company in some capacity. And then like, well, like, she works, what is her job? Because she has she access, had to, access the, yeah, yeah. to the video files. I do like that. Those videos are like these little black rectangle things, which is <laughs> actually forward thinking more so than most movies. That most we of these. Yeah. Um, actually this movie is like actually quite forward thinking. Yeah. A lot of it was not too far off the mark. Yeah. Right. But like, and there could, there could have been like, she could have gotten, I mean, it's kind of typical, but, um, she could have had like a resistance inside the actual production crew right. where like, you know, she goes and talks to somebody and then she like, gets, she turns Kurt Fuller. She, well, and, and like, and they get and to Kurt Fuller. To um, is there anybody that, when you need someone to step in as a producer, <laughs> as a TV producer, to, to, to be a, is there Kurt anybody? Fuller Kurt, is your man. He He's is perfect. There. He he. His age is completely ambiguous. <laughs> How is he? Sixty? Is he thirty-four? It doesn't matter. He's Kurt Fuller, and he's here to produce your show. I mean, you know Kurt Fuller Fox, right? Oh, <laughs> oh, he Kurt, Fox. Yeah, he's got that. He Kurt Fuller looks like he would be like constantly trying to get out of his Fox News contract. Like, he looks like a Fox News producer. <laughs> He's like constantly like, oh, goddamn. What's but, he doing now? <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while. I don't know, he's, but yeah, back in the day, he's killing wait- it as a TV producer. He's waiting for the next Wayne's World. Or the ne- or No Holds Barred 2. <laughs> uh, I'm going to look up Kurt Fuller. What's he up to? He's been he on so many TV shows. But yeah, so... Uh, I'm going to assume you guys have not read the Stephen King, a.k.a. Richard Bachman. No, uh, I have not. I guess a pretty easy guess. (laughs) Well, you know, John, you might have. No, I haven't. But uh, yeah, not not one of his his greatest works by any means. James, we know you didn't read. We know. I I don't read. (laughs) I'm going to say, by the way, I just look up Kurt Fuller. Working. Working. Evil. He's in this show called Evil. 
Oh, Jean watches that show. <laughs> I watched a little bit of it. It's not good. <laughs> she likes not it's good shows. Not, it's not good. He was it's in the like her wheelhouse. He was in the Heather's TV show. They made a TV show out of Heather's. Yeah, and then they canceled it. They they canceled and they buried all the episodes. Huh. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if they ended up releasing them, but releasing them. But yeah, uh, King of King of Con. He's he's always hmm. working, man. Brain Dead, the TV show. Wait, what? It's I think it's a different Brain Dead. Oh, he was in The Good Wife. Seven episodes. Okay. Love this guy. Yeah, he's great. He's always great. Um, yeah, so the, the King story, not terribly s- similar to the movie. They call it a King novel, but it's not a novel. It's like a... Well, no- it's a novella, maybe. It's a it's, short It's one of novel. his shorts, yeah. It's not a short story. It's too long to be a short story. But anyway... Um, yeah, so like it is about this Ben Richards dude and the, you know, that has all the game show kind of element, but it doesn't have like the stalkers and all this stuff. Um, and then like the end of it as if I remember right, he like does like a suicide bombing kind of situation to take out Tight. Oh. Uh, these the government or something like that. But this movie kind of ends in a very like okay, where are we now sort of thing because yes, he manages to kill Killian at the end of the movie sends him down the tube in his own yeah. thing and then flies through the, the, <laughs> the billboard yeah, I didn't and, understand and then for some reason it blows up as if there was fuel in that I mean, tube makes sense to me yeah it's what I want to see <laughs> what does he say that really hit the spot yeah <laughs> but uh, but then what like but then the you government have... still controls everything everything's still censored it's a real fight club finale like guys. all the people are like now on his side because they've seen the real footage but these are the people like an hour ago that wanted to see him eviscerated right well I feel like yeah. that that was trying to show with the old the old lady that were like picked him right. right she was coming over that like she was coming over and like maybe like they're just a mob well like, so yeah. like, it's just a mob the mob is going to be directed it's 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 anger and hatred is gonna be directed at however you want to. Oh well, Killian has that those lines too, where he's like, "We've told them what to eat and drink and yeah. what to think and blah blah blah." Well, and they start to turn once they realize that they've been lied to, right? Once they show the footage, the right. actual footage. Yeah, but exactly they are how- the movie does for the first chunk of the movie want you to think like. Look how blood, like yeah. how much bloodlust these people have. Look and, how awful oh yeah. they are. They want to see these people murdered. And this is why we know it's a fantasy film, because in reality, when people are shown that they are being lied to, they double down on the lie, <laughs> right? And they dig their heels <laughs> that's in. Where, that's where this movie got it yeah. wrong. <laughs> so what the what this movie should have predicted in 2017 is that, uh, in spite of all evidence, they. St- Deal would be against. They just would have been like, ah, fake news. Fake news. Yeah. <laughs> it's bullshit. I Killian for president. Uh, yeah, Richard Dawson, man, he's so. How's he so good in this? He's so fucking good in this. He's he's absolutely like naturalistic. Like you absolutely believe his scummy TV performance as this guy who's just in the thick of it. I love all the jokes about like. He's like, get me so and so on the phone. Then he's like, no, get me the president's agent. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the best thing ever. And then when he's like, I'm your court-appointed uh, media. What does he say? Like, I can't remember. Your TV, your like media agent or whatever, something like that. Instead of a lawyer, that's what he gets. It's such a messed up idea, right? That he's he's like constantly 
in contact with the Justice Department and the Justice Department <laughs> is just constantly feeding him new runners. Right. And he goes through like um, a whole bunch of tapes just to see like, oh yeah, I want that guy. Um, let's sign him. Let's get him here. <laughs> Yeah, he's what like deals? Going, he's gone through all the yeah. The, see, that's the part of like. There's a lot of that stuff that's really fun in the movie. Like, yeah, he's like, oh, what about this guy? He like stabbed his family to death. Or, yeah. Oh, see, now I like that, but you know, he's too small. Like, he's not gonna make it. Like, and wasn't wasn't there one like, oh, this family or this guy did something. Oh, he's a quitter. He, I forget. Oh yeah, he only killed half his family. It was something like that where he's yeah. just like. Uh, you can't trust him because yeah. he killed himself or something like that. Or yeah, but there's lots of funny little remarks like that and all that stuff. So that part of the movie works pretty well, and you, I feel like that is like you're seeing the the D'Souza kind of script stuff. Um, work yeah, pretty well. I mean that stuff's so good. Like it just wish it was there was more. It's the director. I mean that's where it really falls apart. I think he just doesn't have the chops. I think I think he does take a lot from. Like um, Carpenter, yeah, and stuff like that, and like this idea of like this fucked up future, and it's like it's like everybody around the film saw it, but the 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 director just couldn't pull it off. Yeah. I I say that as a person who couldn't direct my way out of a fucking. I mean, like box. I don't think he does a terrible job. I just don't think he you know he's not he's the factor that's maybe holding it back from getting to that next place. Uh, we should talk about uh, Captain Freedom a little bit, Jesse yeah. Ventura. So he kills it, I feel. Are you ready for pain? Are you ready for suffering? If the answer is yes, then you're ready for Captain Freedom's workout. Yes, it's America's yeah. own Captain Freedom. That's the ticket. No pain, no gain. Like, he's so fucking fun. He's so energetic. Like, he's almost like a... Like a uh, uh, like an aerobics instructor, like like to the max, like meets um, uh, what's the what not American Ninja Warrior? What was the what was the thing in the in the eighties? Gladiators. Oh, Gladiators. American Gladiators. From Universal Studios Hollywood. This is American Gladiators. Yeah. Well, he's even wearing like that jacket. Well, American Gladiators apparently was inspired by this movie <laughs> to exist. Oh, that makes sense. So, yeah. So there, yeah, the American Gladiators like uniform or whatever looks kind of like it was designed but, after the. Captain but they Freedom left out stuff. the dying part. Why? Do you think that people <laughs> people weren't ready for it? <laughs> Do you think people that are younger than us even know what? American Gladiators is? Yeah. No, why would they? Well, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, if they, it, maybe if they saw like some old episode on YouTube or some shit. It doesn't, like, it, it, that show never resonated, I suppose, like generationally. Yeah. But well, it, it didn't, was it didn't, huge. It, didn't, it was a big deal, right? Yeah. But it didn't come back in like, it didn't keep coming back in new iterations or anything. But like, it's like one of those culturally like dead things like Avatar where like once it was over, it was just gone. <laughs> What's Avatar? Exactly. Sorry. So Avatar is this, Avatar. Sh- this movie that came out that everybody watched. Wait, I'm pretty sure there's like seven oh, coming that out the, next that year. That was the one with the the blue guys. The, yeah, oh, okay. the blue man group. 
Oh man, I hope he uses that blue of Adam D song in the next movie <laughs> during an action sequence. Cameron doesn't have I'm the blue of <laughs> Great, now I'm gonna have that stuck in my head. Jerk. Sorry, man. I apologize. Uh, but that's a fun sequence too, and they do like the fake, the deep fake video, and Ventura is killing Schwarzenegger. That's also funny too, because I was reading about how you know in Predator, uh, John McTiernan wouldn't shoot. Uh, wouldn't shoot Ventura next to Schwarzenegger because Ventura is actually a lot bigger than him. Oh, but in this movie, you can kind of see it. You can see Ventura like wrapping him up and stuff and beating him up. And you can actually tell that he's quite a bit larger than Yeah. This is why McTiernan went to jail. This is what they put him in prison (laughs) for. This is why they put him in prison because he wouldn't show that Ventura is bigger than Schwarzenegger. Uh, Deservedly so. Yeah. Um, But then after that, because he refuses, right? Like they, they really want him to go out and fight. And they've got they've given him this like weird gear where he's got like I don't know metal shit and guns and stuff. Yeah, it's and he's just, like fuck this. I used to kill guys like this with my bare hands. You see right. pieces of shit like this in prison. <laughs> uh, and so then he just refuses to go, and then you don't see him again, other than like the fake footage of him. Uh, yeah, what happens? He doesn't, he doesn't to come him? back and get killed because like Dynamo, you know, comes back and tries to kill uh, Maria Conchita Alonso. Uh, yeah, well, he tries to have sex with her. I don't think he, he tries comes, to rape her. Yeah. He doesn't come back. Like he, he wasn't. He, he wasn't killed. She, he stumbles upon her. Yeah, but I just mean he comes back in the movie later. Like you don't see him for quite a while. Yeah, I do. I, I do find it funny when Arnold flips his car and then he's like, "Cut!" Yeah, cut, 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 cut it. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm hurt. Somebody flip me over. I don't have any power. Yeah. He's, apparently that dude is a real opera singer and that's really him singing in, in that sequence. Yeah, oh, I read okay. that too. Um, but yeah, so wait, how does she kill him? She dumps some water on him or something? Or yeah, he's just a raper and then he's wearing like, I remember... He's, wearing, he's got like his ginch he's on. Like, <laughs> ugh, I hate that word. Are those fucking ginch or are those he's fucking wearing, ginch? He's wearing <laughs> underwear, white underwear. Tidy um, ladies? yeah. Uh, and then he gets water dumped on him and then he like just like zapped yeah. yeah which seems like a fairly easy way to kill that guy I guess <laughs> I guess this big rotund man <laughs> I like that he's all wimpy like that though. yeah he's like oh, a yeah. tough killer guy and then as soon as he's hurt or whatever he's like oh cut, it, cut. yeah I do like that <laughs> cut the TV show uh, which was your favorite stalker guys oh I think Buzzsaw Buzzsaw is your favorite yeah. I gotta go with Sub Zero. I wait, wait, I, I do really like Sub Zero. Sub Zero, the hockey guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what I thought. I went the hockey guy. I mean, I even like the the net that closes like a cage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The hockey guy was my favorite. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a lot of fun shit in this movie, even though you know, yeah, like we've said, maybe not not the greatest Schwarzenegger movie, but I think fun enough for what it is for sure. Yeah. Is there anything we didn't talk about? No, I don't think there's anything else worth talking about, to be honest. I Schwarzenegger's mean, good. Um, I actually think the supporting cast is good. Um, Ventura's awesome. Uh, Richard yeah. Dawson is awesome. Uh, yeah, everyone does what they need to, acting-wise, in this. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would say at the end, they have that classic thing that they have in these movies where all of a sudden the girl appears and then they kiss and now they're a yeah. couple. I I think should, yeah, yeah. If I, if I could ask for one more thing, I wish there was full penetration at the end. Oh, I think yeah, that would yeah, have really sure. just capped this movie off. 
Well, it would have been ex- an explosive ending. I think it would have actually, literally. I mean, he here's the thing. Right through her back. He is a superhero. <laughs> wow. Here's the thing, like James the <laughs> Van Dam. There's always a scene with him, usually with a woman in a in a bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't he, think Arnold Schwarzenegger. There, there's really any of his movies they this, do that. This dirty dog fucks on the ground. He fucks uh, standing up. That's what he does. <laughs> he fucks while he's uh, doing, so he's doing are, upside down push-ups. <laughs> We've done a lot of Schwarzenegger. I think this is maybe our, like our eighth Arnie movie. So he's by far like the guy we've done the most. Well, you know, movies you, for on the show. It's just sometimes you veer away and then you you're just like back, you yeah. gotta come back you gotta come home yeah I, I so it's not my house van dams maybe catching up i think we've done like five van dams we've done i think like five seagulls too so well we're kind of getting to the end of seagull i think I yeah mean, there's maybe one or two more we might have to do one of his directed <laughs> dvd type movies later i think we should switch over to travolta or we got to properly do half past dead because we never released half past Dead. i'd love to watch right. half past dead again but Travolta, we we're doing. We're gonna be doing uh, a Travolta movie coming Mike, up. Michael, oh, is it that one where he's in like aerobics, like gymnastics guy with Jamie Lee Curtis? <laughs> it's Michael, or he's an angel. Oh, an angel. No. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Is it Money Boat? Phenomenon? No, it's Broken Arrow. Oh, oh Broken Arrow. Christian Sla- the Christians, the Christian Slater vehicle. John John Woo. Yeah, so that's John in a couple Woo. weeks. Woo. Nice, nice. Something to look forward to. Peek behind the curtain. <laughs> Well, should we uh, rate this motherfucker? Are we going to do what happened, what came out that weekend? All right. So where do you guys think this movie is going to end up for this week of uh, domestic week 1987, uh, week 47? Uh, So this is the weekend of uh, the 20th to 22nd of November. Okay. Dustin, where do you think it's going to end up? I'm going to say number two. Two and James, number one, number one. All right, let's start from number two. You know what? I'm gonna go a little bit lower than that. I'm gonna do the top 12. Okay, all right. So we've got down from six, we've got less than zero. Oh, yeah, it's a Bresty, Brett Easton Ellis, uh, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. movie. Then we got number 11 down from nine, The Princess Bride, classic. I have. I have a what's the word? Um, a problem. An aversion. I have a situational aversion to that movie based on the people that introduced it. I to think me. we've brought it up before. Yeah. Sure. So number ten, a movie called Suspect. I have no idea what this is. Yeah, that doesn't. Sound when familiar. a homeless man is accused of murdering a Justice Department file clerk, a public defender is tasked with mounting his legal defense. Richard Gere again. <laughs> I have no. It doesn't say who's in it. Um, after that, number. We had number nine down from eight, Dirty Dancing. Oh, yeah. Number eight from four, a movie called Baby Boom. Never heard of it. Cher, by the way, and Dennis Quaid and Liam Neeson oh. were the stars of baby? Suspect. Uh, what about number seven, Hello Again? Oh, I don't know that either. Uh, number six, Teen Wolf 2. Teen Wolf 2, Jason Bateman. Uh, number five is nuts. I repeat, nuts. <laughs> N-U-T-S, nuts. A high-class girl accused of murder 
fights for their right to stand trial rather than be declared mentally incompetent. Sounds like a Sounds fucking like a thriller. Okay, well, hello again with Shelley Long, Gabriel Byrne. Oh, fuck. I'd watch that. Uh, and let's look up Nuts here because that one's got me real curious who's in that. Yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, it's new this week. Nuts at number five. With 4.6 Barbara Streisand, Richard Dreyfus, oh. Eli Wallach. Holy shit. Number four down from two, we got Fatal Attraction. Okay, yeah. Number three, new film Flowers in the Attic. Oh, yeah. Now, some this is v- a very... Some VC Andrews for you. Very, very classic uh, VHS cover. Yeah. Very, like, very, like, striking. Always remember, like... I'll always remember that VHS with the with the house and all the windows illuminated and stuff like that. Um, number two was a re-release of Cinderella. Oh, okay. Also the Disney. new. So so James got this one. So, I got this one. It. so number one. Boom. With a bullet. The running man. There you go. I guess Schwarzenegger just couldn't open not at number one back then. Yeah. This movie did go on to not make any money though. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking this wasn't the big hit for him, like some of you know the movies surrounding it were. No, this I, I think this movie ended up losing a bunch of money. Um, I mean, the budget was twenty seven million. The box office was thirty eight point one million. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But worldwide, it was like two hundred million. Worldwide. <laughs> it's always that worldwide. Yeah, actually, this I think that they, this is where they got the the name Mister Worldwide was. Mm-hmm. I think for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not for Pitbull. Right. It's a Pitbull joke. Sorry. I don't know Pitbull. You don't know from Pitbulls. The M- Pitbull. Pit- All right. Pitbull. Well, Dustin, why don't you give this movie a rating since you didn't pick it? Uh, my reaction was a six and my overall score was a 6.4. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I gave it a reaction as a six and my score is a 6.2. My reaction is a six, overall six. All right, James gives it a six, there. coming in at the low end, like always. <laughs> he's a James, tough, he's a tough rating. James is a tough cookie to crack. He's a tough critic. So I'm pretty sure this gets he's a six. A, point. He's the Siskel of of the crew. So this ends up being him. Whenever you say him, <laughs> oh, now he's the M and M. He's the M and M of the group. <laughs> so this ends up with a six point two, which plants it behind Taken at six point three, above Die Hard two at six point one, and tied with Die Hard four. Number 61 at 6.2. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? Uh, who's, got a, who's got a feeling on it right I'm away? I'm going to go first. I'm going to put it behind Die Hard 4. Interesting. Um, I'm actually going a little bit against myself here. Because I actually think this is a really in some ways I feel this is a better movie and a, and a much funner movie but for re-watching I'm going to re-watch Die Hard 4 I think the I, I like the characters more I think the while uh, Richard Dawson kills it in this movie um, I mean Samuel L. Jackson is fantastic in Die Hard 4 oh that's Die Hard 3 oh I'm getting confused I'm sorry Die Hard 4 is Justin Long oh I'm so sorry this goes so far ahead of Die Hard Timothy 4. Timothy Oliphant. Come on. This goes ahead of Die Hard 4. Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised you were putting it behind Die Hard 4 because you, you didn't much like that movie. You said Timothy Oliphant. Mm-hmm. Now you got me rethinking. <laughs> He's thinking about it again. 
<laughs> well, I mean, if it had Walton Goggins, then it would. Oh, that would have just that would have been that would have been great. No, if Walton Goggins was his right hand man, Timothy Oliphant's right hand man, oh. that would have been awesome. Actually, actually, would have been awesome is if Walton Goggins was the bad guy, and Timothy Oliphant was. I don't know. I like Oliphant in that movie. I do, but can you imagine if like if like Walton Goggins was like crazy Walton Goggins, and mm-hmm. then you had like Timothy Oliphant as being like his conciliary, like remember when he's like, talking super to serious, like. <laughs> Yeah. Remember when he's talking to his henchman though? He's like, you got her? You sure? <laughs> yeah, that's, he's great. I'm going to put it, uh, I'm going to put it ahead of Die Hard 4. Yeah, I'm going to put it ahead of Die Hard 4. Yeah, even I would have to put it ahead of Die Hard 4. It's more memorable. It's, it's, I don't know, like it's more ambitious. It's got more cool stuff going on. I like Die Hard 4 quite a bit, probably a lot more than I should, but uh, this is a fun movie, so I'll put it ahead of it. So next week on the podcast, we have a guest from the Androids Amazing podcast. Yep. That's it. That's it. Okay. I thought I got it wrong there. Uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. We're going to watch a movie called Upgrade. Upgrade. Yeah, it's kind of shocking we haven't done Upgrade already. Have, we, have you all seen this movie before? Yeah. Yes. I thought we did it already. I thought we did it too. No, we talked about it on the show. I think we talked about it quite a bit on one of our Year in Review episodes, but we never actually watched it and oh, reviewed it for right. the show. Well, that's good. It's good to get to watch this. So we're going to watch that. Uh, please check us out on Instagram, on our website, actionactionpodcast.com, and we'll see you next week.